Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome into Believe in Miami Heat. I'm your host, Joe Eleven, back for another week. And what a week it is as we have NBA basketball to talk about. We have Miami Heat basketball to talk about your Miami Heat. Played their first preseason game last night. Took the L, but who cares? It's preseason. We don't care about the final score. They fall 114-92 to the New Orleans Pelicans. So much to talk about. And I apologize right off the bat because I know last week I said I would have an episode out right after the first preseason game. Got a little caught up last night. Getting it out to you now the following afternoon, which is good because A, had a little time to go back and rewatch some stuff. Had some time to uh, think about the game a little bit. And also, there's news today that directly does link to the Heat. There's stuff that we need to talk about. First of all, Giannis Antetokounmpo, we can stop talking about it at least for the time being. He's going to be in Milwaukee for another five years, according to his new Supermax deal that he has agreed to with Milwaukee today. Also, more information continuing to come out about surrounding the James Harden situation. So I'm going to discuss the James Harden situation as it relates to the Miami Heat. And of course, I'll start off by breaking down last night's first preseason game for the Miami Heat. What I liked, what my takeaways were. You obviously can't overreact. It is just preseason. But hey, how good is it just to see Miami on the floor? It it wasn't even that long ago that they were in the NBA Finals, but it seems just the way the world has worked that it's been years. Seems like it's been forever. So it was just good to see the boys back on the floor playing basketball last night. And we are just, I mean, we're only what seven days now as of today, as of this recording from the NBA regular season starting. So it feels good and it doesn't feel like your typical preseason. I feel like I've been more invested in watching all the preseason games because the season starts next week. So they all kind of matter more because you're actually watching what these teams are bringing to the table. Coaches are playing their rotate deeper into their what their actual rotations are going to be playing their starters later in games, which is maybe not the smartest thing in my opinion, but Hey, they're the coaches. I'm not. So I'm going to get into all those things. Heat's game last night, Giannis, not much to talk about there. That's done for now. And James Harden. But first look, we're back. I just said it. The NBA season is officially back. Preseason has started. The, the regular season starts December 22nd and I'm not going to be at games. Cause I don't even think they're letting people into heat games at the moment. You're probably not going to be at a lot of games unless you live in a city where they're letting certain capacity of player people in. It doesn't matter because you could still be in on all of the action at bet online. Uh, If you want to bet on NBA games, you can right now. They have they have the lines up for preseason games. I personally, for one, will not be betting on preseason games. Just not my thing. I will be betting starting December 22nd. I will be on bet online every single night betting on NBA games because bet online is the place to be for game spreads, totals, team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than, than literally any other place online. And if you just look, if you if you you want to stay away from the games for a little bit, but you want to have some fun, you want to throw some money around, the online casino never closes. Never ever closes 24 hours a day. Head to betonline.ag today. 
Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. I tell you every week, sign up today, bet online. They're your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's talk about last night's game. Heat, obviously, as I said, they fall 114-92. Uh, Jimmy Butler, out. Goran Dragic, out. Andre Godala out. You kind of come to expect this kind of thing in a preseason game, first preseason game. Even though there aren't, you know, we're only playing a couple, you still, it's fine. You know, you don't need to see those guys. You know what they bring to the table. Uh, and I try not to overreact with preseason. You know, it's easy to look at a game and or a player and their performance and love it or hate it or any of that. Um, but you do get to see some things, some positives, some perceived negatives. Uh, and I, I have a few things from watching last night's game that I took away uh, that I'll go through right right now. First and foremost... Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, they they look like they didn't miss a beat, uh, particularly Tyler Hero. I, and he's going to come up again when I talk about James Harden, but I just, I gushed about him in the playoffs. I gushed about him in the finals. And it just seems like maybe people down here in Miami see it and people around the nation because they don't see him as often or didn't get to see him as often. I think there's a lot more upside to him than people even realize. He is so damn good. This kid is an absolute bona fide all-star, and he's so young. And I think part of that is the problem. I think there's the perception. When you see him and you see how he looks, I don't think he strikes you as your typical like 1A type player eventually as at the wing position, as a scorer, as a playmaker, as, a, as all these things. But I think he's got that upside. And uh, it's just one preseason game. But one of the big things I was looking at you know, when I previewed the season, and I think even in the episode where I previewed, what am I looking at in the preseason? A part of what I was looking at was, can Tyler Hero continue to do what he did in the playoffs? Can he take the next step? Can he be that guy next to Jimmy Butler on the wing that becomes 1A, 1B, 1C, uh, that becomes an all-star level player? And in 28 minutes last night against New Orleans Pelicans, also, let's not forget, you know, Josh Hart's no slouch defensively who was guarding him for the Pelicans. He looked like he looked like he has not missed a beat in this shortened offseason. He looks like he has just as much confidence. He looks like he has just as much skill. I don't know, like from a skill perspective, I'm not really sure the the things that he really needs to incredibly improve on maybe his defense could need I mean his defense probably could get a little bit better but offensively he I mean he already can shoot the shit out of the ball we know that he scores at all three levels mid-range at the rim and the game even from the playoffs I, I think because of what he was able to the experience that he was able to get in the playoffs as a lead guard at times as the main backup point guard playing major minutes for a team that went to the NBA finals now I think you watch a preseason game and it, and, and I think it, when you watch the game, what you think is like sort of through his eyes, the game seems to have slowed down for him even more. And when, and I, and I would imagine when you're 19 years old, 20 years old, and you're playing at the highest of the highest of levels and you're two games away from being the best team on the planet. And you're also playing in a six game series against not just the best player, but the smartest player in the history of the game in LeBron James you learn a lot 
about playing high level basketball to where when you get, if, when you, if you keep that competitive nature and you keep that competitive spirit and that confidence, and now you're playing in games like this against an up and coming team, but not a great team as of last year, they look better. They look like they have a chance to be very good uh, in the Pelicans, but the game has certainly already seemed to have slowed down for Tyler Hero, which is a great thing. And he looks already like he's starting to progress, which I'm going to talk more about when I talk about James Harden, because obviously Hero is the main piece that people keep bringing up. And it's a very contentious subject seemingly down here in South Florida, whether or not he should be included in a deal, if they make a deal, if there's a deal to be made, whatever it is. So... I'll, what I'll say is, regardless of what happens with that, you, you, I loved what I saw in one game back from Tyler Hero, particularly you know with Jimmy and Goron out, him just coming in game one, coming off of the finals run, coming out of the offseason, being like, I can be that guy, even in stretches this year. If Jimmy's gonna sit on uh, in game, if Jimmy ever sits or Goron gets has to rest because he's a little older, he's coming off the foot thing. I can be that guy throughout a full season. Those that's what I was looking to see from him. Is he going to be streaky coming into the second year or is he going to come out and be a 7 of 14 from the field, 17 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds right out right out of the gate and he did it in game 1. Now, it's one game, it's preseason, but that's what I see from him. As far as Duncan Robinson, I guess the question is always going to be can a guy who is a little bit limited, who improved his skill set, but is still limited. Now that people know what he is, will he continue to be able to be a 40-plus percent top five three-point shooter in the NBA? And obviously, game one back, it didn't look like he or the Heat missed a beat in terms of coming out there and shooting that thing. They took, I mean, they look, they, they shot 28%, so they did go cold, but they took 46 threes. I mean, in terms of volume, they were out there shooting it. And Duncan Robinson was four for eight, so that's what you like to see. Uh, Myers Leonard went two for five from three. Max Struess, who I'll talk about in a second, was an interesting one who he would was not shy shooting the ball, but he looked pretty good. But so it was very, I was very felt very good about what I saw out of uh, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson not miss a beat. Bam Adebayo as well, but I, 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 this is what I've come to expect from Bam Adebayo. I, I he, <laughs> nine points, eight assists, two steals, a block shot. My only concern, my issue with uh, with Bam in the game is, and this is probably could go either way. I think some people would like this and some people would not. But um, diving on the floor in the second quarter, it was either the second or third quarter, he dives on the floor for a loose ball, f- lands awkwardly on the ball, coming off of a shoulder thing in the playoffs. Like, you, you uh, you know, I, I was had a conversation with somebody yesterday where he said, well, I like seeing that because that shows me what Bam's about. It shows me that Bam is not about his money. He's about winning um, and that he's out there sacrificing in a preseason game. Like he's not concerned about getting hurt. He's diving on the floor. Yeah, that's a fair take. I'm not mad at that take, but at the same time, it is preseason and it really doesn't. Like and my my response to that guy was, if he didn't dive on the ball, you wouldn't have noticed that he didn't dive on the ball. But you did notice that he dove on the ball in a preseason game. So as much as, uh, yeah, that's the mentality, heat culture, work hard, this or that. If, I, if I'm coach, publicly, I'm clapping and I'm like, yeah. After the game, I'm like, hey, Bam, let's, uh, 
let's maybe take it easy a little bit next game. I maybe don't even play him next game. And just like, hey, if you can't control yourself from diving after loose balls in a preseason game, maybe one preseason game's enough and we'll save it for the regular season. And I don't think anybody would be mad at that either. Again, this guy, he played 19 minutes coming off of not a long layoff in a playoffs where he had a pretty legit shoulder injury. So we'll see. Maybe he does play next game. Maybe he doesn't. That's total speculation. But if I was a coach, I saw him dive on the floor like that, and I was worried that that he's just going to keep playing like that, which is great. That's the guy you want playing on your team. Maybe I don't play Bam. But uh, but look, he, he is a... He's a game changer out there, so it doesn't surprise me to see him come out and be comfortable. He only took five shots. He did hit a mid-range jumper that was a little above the free throw line, which I was, which is yo, you love to see that because as at the more he extends his range, uh, the more he becomes even more of an elite player in this league. And he's already pushing top fifteen, top twenty status as a player in this league. But if he can extend out to that three-point line at some point, woo, watch out. Just everybody watch out. I already feel like he has a shot to be a top 10 player in the NBA without that. But if he can extend that, and I saw that mid-range jumper, not even mid, like mid to longer range jumper last night, that was a good sign. Love seeing that. Love seeing that. And and it's there. I mean, I would say almost certainly he's going to be a corner three-point shooter before long. Uh, But seeing that shot last night, where he took that from is almost a corner three because it was more towards the top of the key. So just keeping that in mind too. Uh, so they, you know, those, those three guys, good to see them out there. Good to see them not really missing a beat. And I think that going to kind of also speaks to what coach Spo has sort of talked about, which is this isn't really training camp. This is more like extended practice. Like these guys were just there. Now they're back. And I think this is where you're going to see this short layoff, maybe benefit the heat more than other teams. Cause the heat are just, they're right back at it. It's like, they never left. They're back at it doing what they were doing not very long ago. Same team, very, very much the same team. Even Kendrick Nunn, you know, gets out there, uh, didn't have a great shooting night over six from, from three, um, still at 11 points, five assists, but starting in place of Goran Dragic, uh, the new guys, uh, you know, there, there were some good things and and some, probably some, I, I saw some people concerned about some things. I'll start with Avery Bradley, played 25 minutes love the energy love the intensity he'll get more comfortable as time goes on with his role in the team he went 0 for 4 from 3 also not a huge concern he's not a great three-point shooter but he's a serviceable three-point shooter and he's just going to change the the intensity and the and the mentality of your team when he's on the floor defensively so I, i i don't mind what i saw out of him there's only so much you can see in a preseason game um Mo Harkless played 14 minutes, fouled out, five points, one of four from three. I think this is the one where I saw, in terms of reaction from people, whether it was writers or fans on on social media or any of that, uh, this is where I saw a little bit of concern uh, because he is, look, he's about the same height as Jay. He started at the four, Mo Harkless. Uh, and he's about the same height as he's replacing Jay Crowder, but he's not as big. He's not as thick as Jay Crowder. And I think there are some people who looked at it and said, man, Bam Adebayo and Mo Harkless in your, in your front court is a little small. And they're not necessarily wrong. I do think probably at some point you maybe are going to have to tinker with Bam back at the four and play some of these other guys with him 
eventually maybe Precious. You know, Myers Leonard played pretty good, and he's a good player, and he started a lot of last year. Kelly Olenek didn't play last night either, so he's another option. Iguodala even can play some minutes there. But to the people who are concerned about the way he played last night, I would counter with this. Zion Williamson. Uh, The guy, Zion Williamson is an absolute anomaly of a human being. Uh, When you see him play, you forget, I think, sometimes, out of sight, out of mind. So even for the last, even I'm not the highest on him, him as a, as his skill level. And I still, there's something about the way he watching him play Zion Williamson. That is, that is just, I don't love it, but he is such an absolute freak specimen of a basketball player. I compared it yesterday to Aaron, to like watching Aaron Donald with a 50 inch vert. So you have this guy who's 500 pounds. He's six, six, but he's, granite and he's he's thick like a like a freaking d tackle and he jumps out of the gym and takes off in the middle of the paint but then also has the body control to go around you in the air and make the there's not i i wouldn't read too much into mo harkless struggling defensively against zion williamson there are not a lot of zion williamson's in the nba there's one and actually there's a one and uh, first game with a new team for Mo for Mo Harkless having to guard again just a guy that we've never really seen. We've seen maybe different versions of Zion. We've seen the athleticism. Maybe we've seen some of the size. We've never seen like the full combination of it. Now he's in his second year. Now he knows how to play the game a little more. He's going to have a good year, and I think yeah, it's a mismatch. So. Is Mo a little undersized to be at a full time four in the NBA? Maybe, but I, I would I would give it some time until we make that judgment. I wouldn't judge it off of a game where he's guarding again one of the absolute extreme anomalies in terms of human athleticism that we've maybe ever seen in the history of sports. Like, there's just the more you watch Zion. There was like these reports that came out in the offseason that there was a picture that maybe Zion lost some weight. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't, uh, I don't bet, I don't buy that. Uh, that guy is a monster. Um, so yeah, I, I, I still think Mo will, he'll be better in, in, he'll have better matchups. He's still a really good defender. He's definitely more of a wing, but. The Heat aren't going to have a choice. He's going to have to play minutes at the four for them. Uh, And I still think he'll end up being the starter at the four because I think Bam is, at this point in his career, more of a natural five. But I didn't... Yeah, it it, it was... It's tough to see him foul out in 14 minutes in his first game, but I I wouldn't read too much into it when he's guarding Zion. Precious, the, the, the last, like, new... Important new piece that is, you know, major new piece. Precious, Achua... Uh, playing, getting his first minutes. Didn't come until later in the game, it seemed like. Uh, went four for five from the field, eight points. Four, uh, excuse me, eight points, two rebounds, and an assist. You, you know, look, one steal. He's active. I think he showed a lot of the things that we knew he would be, and active, 
he, you know, he gets, he runs the floor really well, finishes around the rim. He's going to be a strong defender. Uh, I, you know, he's going to be really good. Yeah. It's you no know, Bam said like, he's more skilled than I was as a rookie. I don't know if I see that. I, I saw pretty early on in Bam Adebayo, how skilled he was. And, and again, Bam's like an anomaly in terms of the skill for his size. There's only f- maybe one or two guys that are more skilled than him for his position in the NBA. Precious may have a more productive rookie year. He's going to play minutes for sure, I, I think, as the year goes on. He may have a more productive rookie year than Bam, but the little bit I saw, I don't think he's more skilled than Bam was as a rookie. He may be more prepared mentally maybe is what Bam's talking about. I, I just think, but I do think he's much needed because as far as the Mo Harkless thing goes, if I'm wrong and they really do need more beef up front, which they might, again, they definitely will against certain teams, then that's where Precious comes in because Precious does have the size, the lateral quickness, and the athleticism to potentially be a guy who can guard as a guy like Zion Williamson. So it was good to see him just get minutes, just to get out there, get some run, uh, finish around the rim, show the little things that we know he can do, and, and he'll continue to get better. Uh, the the last guy, at least from last night, that I would like to just at least talk about a little bit is Max Struess, who I mentioned last week when I went through the training camp roster and could the Heat find another diamond in the rough? Uh you know, B.J. Johnson didn't play much. Brian Tyree didn't play much. Uh, Casey Akpala played a bit, but didn't really do a whole lot. Paul Ebois, I believe is how you say his name. Gabe Vincent didn't play. But um, Max Struess, not only did he play, he, he was one of the first subs off the bench. Now, again, no Iggy, no Kellyo, no Goron, no Jimmy Butler. So someone, So someone's got to play. Uh, but Struess, Struess was the guy who I mentioned last week, not, not in the same, didn't have the same trajectory necessarily as Duncan Robinson, but did smarter, started a small school, did transfer to DePaul, ended up going undrafted. Now he's in the league. Uh, he is a wing shooter. Um, and he, you know, he was not shy about it. He looked confident. Uh, he looked like he could give the heat some decent minutes, especially like, he looks like a guy that if they if they do expand the rosters and allow more active players per game to travel and whatever because of COVID, he looks like an interesting guy who, you know, played a couple games in the NBA last year, finishes with eleven points, eight rebounds, which is a nice little addition, four assists, three of eleven from three, but the shot is there. Like he took eleven threes. He's a confident shooter. Uh, you could tell he's got a stroke on him, and you know I, he was a guy I definitely thought was an interesting one that they when they brought him into camp, and I do think it it says something that you you know he was one of the first guys off the bench for for Coach Spo, which means even in a preseason game, you know it it says something. Played twenty three minutes. Other guys could have played. You know, B J Johnson, Brian Tyree. B J Johnson played six and a half. Brian Tyree played three, four minutes, essentially. So could have been somebody else. Max Struess played almost as many minutes as Avery Bradley. Played more minutes than Casey Okpala. So there's obviously an early trust level from the coach. And he looks like he he, he 
could fit in as the 14th, 15th, 16th player, 17th, 18th, 19th, however many people they put on the roster because of the COVID situation. But I liked what I saw out of him. He can really shoot it and he's active and, you know, got to the board, got some assists. So overall, first preseason game in terms of wins and losses and competitiveness, obviously they get blown out, but it doesn't matter who cares. Uh, it, it's good to see these guys out there and playing again and just good to see basketball back again in general. Happy to see it. It is weird watching basketball in a, in big arenas with no fans. The bubble was so well done when you look back on it in terms of how they had the virtual fans and the graphics and the way the benches were spread out. So it looked like the benches were almost like fans and it is going to be weird just watching these teams go from arena to arena to uh, with no fans. And it is weird. It is weird to watch, but Hey, it's just good to have basketball back. And it's a, uh, it's a fun time. The heat play again, Friday night. And then obviously the regular season against the Raptors, the Tampa Raptors and the regular season starts next week. And we'll be back. And obviously we'll be back after their uh, first couple games to uh, break down how everything goes in the regular season. So as I mentioned off the top, off the floor today and yesterday, as it relates to the Miami Heat, news around the league has come out in a few different spots that do sort of indirectly tie into the Heat. Number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo has finally signed a his Supermax that's something like Five years, $228 million. It's the largest contract in NBA history. And it's not surprising. He's He has, you know, whatever, whichever way you look at his success or failure in the playoffs, but back-to-back MVP, MVP and defensive player of the year in the same year, He, he he's earned. This is just the way the world works with contracts and the salary cap and everything goes up. So he he deserves, he's earned what he's gotten, particularly when you're looking at a Milwaukee Bucks franchise that would be absolutely crushed if they lost a player like Giannis Antetokounmpo. So more power to him. What that means for the Miami Heat is Heat fans can now, at least for the time being, we can just forget about Giannis. And I know that that might not be the thing that some Heat or many Heat fans want to hear. There's a lot, there's a large sector, and it's actually kind of surprising to me. Like, there is really a large contingency of Heat fans that were sort of dead set on Giannis being a my that the Heat had set up this situation for 2021, and that because it's the Heat and the Heat get things done, that Giannis was going to be there. And I think there are a lot of people who are disappointed that he signed this deal and that he doesn't want to be in Miami necessarily. It doesn't mean that he never will be. We've seen guys sign max deals and then be out in a couple of years, get traded, whatever. But for the time being, I think it's good. I I, I like it. I'm I'm cool with it. I actually feel good about it. I, I I'm done with. I, I don't. You know, we're obviously going to talk about James Harden, but as far as the Heat go. I always had I had a lot of questions as to whether Giannis and Bam would play well together, and I and I do also like Bam's only been in the league for two years. I don't know that Bam will ever be 
the back-to-back MVP of the league, defensive player, which he could be, all that stuff. But I just you, you see what the Heat are building with Bam and the type of player he is and the type of player Jimmy is. I felt like if you put the three of them together, it would be weird and it wouldn't be a great fit. So at least now, you know, we're never going to find out or at least we're not going to find out for the time being. And that's good. You know, let's just now we're going to at least theoretically now it seems as though we can forget about Giannis in that situation for now, for at least this year. You know, if they get bounced in the first round, does Giannis come out to Milwaukee next year, demand more moves, demand to be moved, pull the Paul George and sign a deal in OKC and then demand to get traded, you know, whatever. But uh, at least for now, we can we can just move on from the Giannis Antetokounmpo situation. And I guess if we're moving on from the Giannis situation then we have to continue to focus on the James Harden situation. Uh, so obviously, ev- most NBA fans are aware, but if you're not, James Harden has been adamant for weeks, maybe months now, that he wants a trade from Houston. Uh, they, you know, Houston's been pretty adamant that they don't want to move him, and if they do, that it, they got to get a lot for him, which is understandable. Guy's one of the best scorers of a generation, if not ever. Um, and there was some thought that when the Rockets moved Russell Westbrook and they got John Wall and then watching John Wall play in preseason and John Wall looks real good, or at least looks like he's back to some semblance of his former John Wall self, that maybe Harden would have a change of heart, that John, that James Harden would be like, okay, I'll make this work. Steven Silas, new coach, helped him get hired, blah, 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 blah. So according to Silas, uh, John Wall looks good. Boogie looks decent. You know, Eric Gordon looks like he might be more engaged. Maybe there's a chance here. Well, uh, Monday reports came out. Harden is going to be professional. He's going to play Tuesday night in their first preseason game, but he still wants out. Reportedly, his uh, main destination that he wants to go to is Brooklyn. The, the Rockets, I guess, are don't want Kyrie Irving. They want young players and picks. I totally understand where they're coming from there. Don't think that anything real has come from them. Apparently, reportedly, again, reportedly, his second destination would be Philly and that Houston wants Ben Simmons and Daryl Morey, former GM of the Rockets, former the GM who brought James Harden to the Rockets, does not want to give up Ben Simmons. I understand that as well. And then last week there was reports that James Harden has added the Bucks and the Heat to his list. Then there was another report that the Bucks are not really part of that and that the Heat are. Uh, all right, breathe, breathe, breathe. But the, here's the thing: this is what happens with with Heat fans and and in South Florida. Because of Pat Riley, because of his history, because of his ability to go out and get the disgruntled star, Shaq, LeBron, Jimmy Butler, and make it work and and find so the Heat are always going to be in that conversation and it's understandable. But the question now, even before it was reported that he added the Heat to his list, is A, do the Heat want him? And B, 
are they willing to give up Tyler Hero in a trade because they're not willing to give up Bam and they're not going to give up Jimmy. So what is Houston going to get from Miami if they're going to do a deal like that? And Tyler Hero is the answer if Miami's willing to make that deal. Now, yesterday, Barry Jackson was one guy who I saw reporting it. I saw some stuff, Zach Lowe. I think I saw even Adrian Wojnarowski report that if James Harden becomes available to the Heat and the Heat believe that he's available and they could make a deal that Tyler Hero would absolutely be on the table. And that the only players that would be off the table would be Bam and Jimmy Butler. I, It's a very... I, I've actually gone back and forth on this in my mind plenty on which way I go. But it seems like, a, at least in South Florida, a very... Uh, contentious conversation. Like there's people who wouldn't give up Tyler Hero for anything. And then there's the other people who say, how could you even consider not giving up a guy like Tyler Hero for a guy like James Harden? I got to be honest. I don't know where I'd land immediately at the moment. Generally speaking, having, you know, worked in the NBA in in video rooms uh, in Charlotte and in Memphis and knowing how hard it is to actually get a star, whether it's, to draft a star like James Harden, to sign a star like James Harden, to acquire a star like James Harden. My my thought process has always been do what you got to do to get the star. There are not a lot of top 10 players in the NBA. There are not a lot of best player, best scorer in a generation types, one of the best scorers in NBA history, former MVPs. They don't come available and when they are available they are not easy to get and if it takes a Tyler Hero to get them then you get them that's generally been my thought process for you know as particularly since I started when I was working in the NBA and since I've been out but I've said this many times on here and I will continue to say it there is something different about this situation a couple things one the Heat were two games away from the NBA championship. So is there a problem with running back this team that could very well be an NBA championship team without James Harden? We don't know. We don't know. But we also don't know, is James Harden the guy who makes them two games better in the NBA finals? Or are they just a team that gets back to the NBA finals again and loses to the Lakers? That's very possible to with Harden, without Harden, with Hero, without Hero, because the Lakers are just that good and seemingly got better. Uh, the other thing is, I don't know if we still, I still don't know if we know what we have with Tyler Hero yet. Like, I think there's a perception of Tyler Hero that he could never be as good as James Harden. Well, it's easy to say that about a 20-year-old kid, and I think the his look has a little bit to do with that. He looks young. He doesn't look like your typical top five, top 10 player in the NBA. Uh, so I think there's this thing where it's like, yeah, he's really good, but is his, is his upside that high? Oh, man, I, I do think he has top 15, top 20 upside in the NBA, and he probably doesn't have the same upside, or he doesn't have the same upside necessarily that James Harden has. Um, but I do think that he could be the second best player on, an, on a championship team. I do. And I think he has that skill level. And we've already seen 
that he fits with the with Miami's system and he fits with the culture and he fits with Jimmy and Bam. And we've seen that they have the upside already as a as a trio to beat almost anybody in the NBA. So while almost always I would go and get the star, it's almost like yeah, maybe they have the star. Maybe Hero is the star. And are you going to regret it if a guy comes in? Now, the other thing that people have said, and I and I agree with this too, is there's concerns about Harden and how he would fit with the culture. Likes to go out. No problem with that. That's fine. Uh, he Is he the kind of guy who's going to work out the way that he require you to work out? Not, not practice, but like actually exercise and be in shape the way. That, I don't know. But the fact that Riley, if he would consider it, if Riley would consider it, then they believe that they can make him fit into the culture or acclimate him to the culture. So if they believe that they can do that, then that, then fine, then give it a shot. But I do think there's really, I would, I would be fascinated to know from people within the organization, like, is there a thought that maybe Hero is the star? Is there a thought after seeing what they saw in the playoffs, is Tyler Hero the star that they're potentially trying to trade for? Like, is it worth maybe just waiting till the next big free agent class and having the money to sign another star because Tyler Hero is that star? Or do you not take the chance and say, we're going to go get a former MVP, James Harden, bring him in, playing with Jimmy Butler. He'll be part of the system. He can play in any system. He's just played the other that he's, he's been playing in a certain system that they've asked him to do this certain thing, but he is a all NBA former MVP who knows how to play basketball has been in the league for over 10 years. Uh, he can learn, he can play in any system. He's just been asked to play in a certain system. Do you go get that guy and not take the chance that hero is not that other star? It's that's why they get paid the money and I and I'm just get and I'm just talking about it. But it is a fascinating thing to see develop because you know based on what's happening in Houston, it's almost certain that James Harden will not be a Houston Rocket this year. I would be shocked to see him. He's going to play in the preseason, but I'd be shocked to see him play throughout play out the whole year there because even having a great player like that, if he's disgruntled, it's going to affect the way your team plays. And, you know, I, I would, the problem for Houston becomes the longer they wait to pull the trigger, the less they're going to get because they're going to lose their leverage because everybody knows he wants out. But teams across the league are coming out. The Warriors, we, they don't want him. Celtics, the report comes out, they don't want him. There is a report that the Bucks are not in the mix. So how many teams that he would agree to go to that he wants to be at? Now, they don't have any obligation to him to trade him to one of those teams. How many teams have the pieces that you want? I think eventually the longer you wait, the less you're going to get unless a team gets desperate like like a, a Brooklyn. Like if they struggle early on and they say, God damn, this isn't working. All right, we got to go get him. Okay. But eventually he's going to be gone and. Miami has a history of making those moves and I'm talking a lot and I'm sort of talking myself in circles because I'm still in the process of trying to figure out what, which, which way I want it to go. Cause I am a big James Harden fan. I've always been high on James Harden. 
but I do think that a lot of time that situation does get underestimated a lot. And especially in the NBA, just getting a star. I don't know if that necessarily means that puts you over the top, but maybe it does with this. It, it, the heat are in such a unique, potentially no lose situation. And most teams are not in with this. I mean, I, I would say Brooklyn is the other team here that is probably in the most no-lose situation because if they trade for Harden, they just get better. If not, they still have Kevin Durant. But it's the same with the Heat. Like, if the Heat trade for Harden, yes, they just get better and probably become the favorite automatically in the East. But if they don't, then they still have Jimmy Butler, who's arguably a top 10 player right now. Bam, who's arguably a top 15 player. And then Tyler Hero, who I think might be that other star that you're asking the heat to trade for. So it seems like a no lose situation and I'll be fascinated to see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks because you would think, and Vegas's odds, I think still have the heat as the favorite to land him if he does get traded. So that'll be another thing to keep an eye on too. What, what is Vegas thing? Vegas seems to be pretty good at these things. So we'll see how it goes over the next few weeks, but either way, I will say this. For Heat fans who are just so desperate for the Heat to go out and get another star and keep up with the arms race in the NBA, I would say appreciate what we have right now in Miami. You have the Eastern Conference champions bringing back your entire team, essentially the core of the entire team. You have two young stars. You have one star who no one thought was a star, but is actually a star in Jimmy Butler in a top 10 player in the league. And you are on a quick turnaround, bringing back the Eastern Conference champions. And you don't have, and, and there's not chemistry things. There's none of that. There's nothing to work out. You're just rolling right into a new season. So I get it that this is a league built on duos now and trios, but maybe Miami fans that are worried about going out and getting another big star, maybe sit back and consider whether you already have those three. I think that's something worth thinking about for everyone who is in a rush to go make the deal. And I'm still on the fence on whether or not the deal is right or wrong. But what I would say is this team is pretty damn good and has a legitimate chance to be an NBA finals team again this year with as currently constructed. So trade might not be the way to go. And I wouldn't be in a major rush and it doesn't seem as though the heat necessarily are either to go out and make a deal for a third star unless you know for a fact that he's the guy he is the guy and i think if you even question it a little bit if you're the heat or through pat riley or any of them and obviously like i said they know more than i do and they're going to make the right decision if you even have any remote questions you probably don't do it you roll with this team because you might already have that guy tyler hero might be that guy all right i'll be back next week Appreciate everybody who's been listening. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, Helps out the show. Love you guys. Uh, We'll see you next week after the season opener. He'd also play on Christmas, so I might jump on and talk about that one too. But um, until next time, always, always remember.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.